Later this week, Sony will be releasing a new recording from the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields of music by Max Brook, titled Scottish Fantasy. And joining me now from the Argo Studios in New York City is the Academy's music director and the soloist on the disc, Joshua Bell. Welcome back. Thanks. Nice to talk with you again. It's another great album of some uh, really beloved pieces. Thank you. I noticed, though, that there's some Scottish heritage in your background. <laughs> there is, actually. My, uh, I come from a sort of mixed background. My mother uh, is my Jewish side. She grew up in Detroit, of all places. And uh, my father's side, he was, of course, born in America, but, but uh, he was actually used to talk about his Scottish roots as we were growing up. Uh, his, his, my name, Bell, is a Scottish name. And, um, and uh, my grandfather, great-grandfather, they were Scottish. And so I don't know if this gives me any special right to play the Scottish fantasy, but uh, I, I, it, is, it, it has always resonated with me, this, uh, the Scottish fantasy. It's one of the most just beautiful pieces for, for the violin. I understand your great-grandfather and your great-great-grandfather both were part of the Black Watch in Scotland. Yes, apparently they were. So I guess that's that's I guess it's sort of a, the regiment of uh, a military. Uh, I didn't ask my father enough about it before. Unfortunately, highly respected. That, yes. So so I guess uh, yeah. There I have a military in my roots in my genes. Valorous I guess, as well, they are. Music. <laughs> uh, we'll take your dad's word for it. Before we get into the music, I want to ask you a little bit about your violin, because uh, the more I talk to violinists, the more it's clear that finding the right violin is is almost like a marriage and and i wanted to ask how did you two meet <laughs> it really is in a, in, a, in a way um we met in london and it was love at first sound i guess and and sight it's a gorgeous thing um uh, i was in london playing a concert back in 2000 uh, one uh, playing at the BBC Proms at the Royal Albert Hall, and the same afternoon of that concert, I had wandered into the vi- famous violin shop Charles Beer and was going in there to buy something like rosin or st- strings or something. And they said, "Before you leave, you got to try this instrument. It's in just for the day, on its way to Germany to be. Hopefully, the, you know they're trying. They were, they had an interested buyer, a businessman that wanted to buy it, and and they said it was the ex Hubermann Strad, and I knew immediately." A, what it was. It was a very famous instrument for having been stolen from Hubermann, who was a hero of mine, one of the great violinists at the beginning of the 20th century. So I tried it, and like within 10 seconds, I thought, oh my God, this is, this is my violin. I have to have it, um, <laughs> which showed on my face and reduced my negotiating power. But um, sure enough, uh, I managed, and in fact, even played on it the very, that night at the, at the Royal Albert Hall, which is sort of unheard of with the violin that one would want to play on it so soon uh, without getting... It usually takes months to get really used to a violin, but I was so enamored that I played on it that night and every night uh, since then. So it's, it's a very uh, very special connection, the violin. I've now had it six, 16 years, and and uh, and maybe who knows how long. Maybe throughout, I'll have it for the rest of my life. The title track on your new album with the Academy is is Scottish Fantasy, and, and Max Brooks' Fantasy was uh, written in 1880, and you said somewhere that each of the four movements in it tell a story. 
Yes, yes, it does. Um, well, it's not. I, I, I hesitate to try to put words to this story because that's the whole beauty of music is that it, it's it's abstract and it it allows you to let your imagination roam free when you listen to it. So I, I, I don't set an exact story, and it's not always linear like a, you know like a like a film or a play, but. Um, but certainly there it, it it does each movement i mean the the scottish fantasy opens up with the most gorgeous but haunting uh sort of funereal opening from the orchestra and then the violin comes in uh sort of emerges on the sustained long note sort of coming from the scottish fog or something like that and it's just it draws it just it tugs at your your heartstrings right from the beginning and and has the most gorgeous first one which is almost like an introduction And then the second movement is this this really fun dance, bagpipes and and <laughs> and uh, folkish uh, dance. The third movement is 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 sounds like a traditional Scottish tune, which the violin then improvises around, and in some ways that's the centerpiece of the, of the of the of the concerto. Last movement is a is a sort of war, but war dance because it's not it's not severe. It's sort of like a uh, I don't know, I imagine it's sort of like the old Braveheart, you know, of heading men heading off to war, um, but with a kind of enthusiasm and uh, that's sort of almost a celebration. Um, but it's 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 got so much more than that. So that's why I don't like saying it in words but it's 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 an ama- it's an amazing piece really. well it's a, you set us into a nice direction and, and set us up to listen to it uh, and again I, I think you've just pointed out another connection with the black watch in Scotland oh there we go <laughs> yes with the last movement <laughs> Thank you. 
My guest is Joshua Bell, 
His new recording with the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields is titled Scottish Fantasy, and it'll be out Friday from Sony. Um, and you've now been music director of the Academy for uh, for a while, enough to get your feet wet and, and settle in. And uh, how's yes. it going? Oh, I'm I'm just loving it. We just returned from tour in Asia, and we, we do a lot of lot of touring. We toured the states earlier this year, and um, uh, we're, they're based in London. But basically, when I play with them, we're on tour in various continents. And um, I, I had been a guest, uh, sort of guest director, for many years before they, uh, Sir Neville Mariner retired, and they. I was very happy when the orchestra chose me to be their uh, his successor, so to speak. Um, and uh, I just love it. I mean, I get to, when I go on tour with them, I play always play a concerto or something like that and direct from the violin. But I also get to conduct, or not conduct, really. I, I'm conducting from the violin. I always do a big symphony. Like, I've now uh, gotten to do eight of the nine Beethoven symphonies, um, which has been it's just kind of a, a dream come true. And you know? it's, it's opened up a whole new uh, frontier for me uh, musically, and uh, I'm just having a ball. Does your violinist uh, psyche ever get in the way of the conductor psyche? I mean, you're thinking of, of a lot of different things, more so now that you're leading the orchestra as well, I imagine. Well, uh, yes, although, although you know, I've always been a chamber musician. I've always played a lot of chamber music, and I've never approached a violin concerto as being sort of sort of my part and then let them follow me as best they can. So, so I've always been quite... Uh, Involved in, and 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 keen to understand every element, so it it actually was an easy transition to to do this, um, to on a certain level. Although having done it a lot, I'm much I feel like I'm much more aware and able to to uh, to multitask and hear everything uh, at once. It's just a your brain gets more more and more used to it, um, and uh, I've learned what can be gotten out of an orchestra. I mean, of course, I've learned a lot of that from just years of playing under so many different conductors and seeing what mm. they do. And uh, I pick the best bits that I, from different conductors that I like. And and uh, it's, it's, it's amazing to have the control in the rehearsal now that I, you know, with a Brook concerto, which I've done, for instance, a thousand times in my life with so many conductors, now I can really... In rehearsal, it's just me uh, as far leading the rehearsal, and I can ask for all the little details and things I've wish list that I've always wished I, I, the orchestra would do, and now I, I uh, can just go for that, and and I think it really makes a, a big difference, and um, and I love working this way. You know, it's a little more it's more work. I I, I don't get to rest during the orchestral two Ds. I have to turn around and conduct them, and so I never really get a break. But it's just it's uh, very rewarding. The new recording is titled Scottish Fantasy, Joshua Bell with the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields. And in addition to the Scottish Fantasy, the other piece on the disc is Brooks' Violin Concerto Number no. 1, a piece you've been playing since you were 11. I, I think so, something 11 or 12, yeah. that's it's Brooks is often a piece, the G minor, that it's often sort of the one of the first big concertos a young person does. And, and um, actually because of that, I think... We sometimes forget we violinists and maybe even the audiences sometimes forget that it's what a gem it is. We think of it sometimes as a young person's concerto um, because it's so written so well for the instrument that a young person can tackle it. But but um, 
but there's also enough depth that as you mature as an artist, there's, you can find much more inside the music. So it's a, it's a, for good reason. It's always been one of the most performed uh, violin concerto, and is is up there with with the greats like Mendelssohn and Brahms. The great violinist Joseph Joachim had uh, a very high opinion of it. Yeah, well, it was sort of written for him, as was the Brahms. I'm just as I just mentioned the Brahms. Um, it's uh, yeah. He he. Uh, one of his famous statements was sort of. Uh, was was sort of talking about the four great violin concertos of his day, which is uh, uh, around the end of the 19th century, and he he listed and described in different ways the um, the the Mendelssohn, the Beethoven, the Brahms, and and the Bruch, and um, and uh, well, Sibelius hadn't been written yet, <laughs> which I'd put up there close close by, but um, yeah, so that means he definitely revered it and. Um, and violinists ever since then, I mean, really have take, tackled it because it's just so beautifully written. And the slow movement, the middle movement of the Brook is, I think, one of the most glorious uh, movements and is every bit as good as anything anyone's written for the violin, even though you might not say Brook's output in his lifetime matched, you know, someone like a Beethoven or, or Brahms. Uh, in, but he did produce a few pieces at least, uh, of incredibly high high level, as great as anything, and uh, and I, and even his other works, I think, are under underrated, and um, and uh, yeah, so I, I, I and it's also so well written for the instrument. <laughs> 